Today's episode of Not Sam Wrestling is brought to you by Morgan & Morgan. Don't tap out to an insurance company after a car crash. Tag in Morgan & Morgan. Morgan & Morgan has put so much money in the bank for its clients and hiring them is 100% free unless you win. If you get squashed, visit forthepeople.com forward slash Not Sam for a free case review. This is Not Sam Wrestling. is not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. Your Monday dose of sports entertainment coverage and opinions, interviews, the whole deal. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. We got a big show today. Corey Graves is on the show. The new king of wrestling podcasts. Whoever's like the newest wrestling podcast is the new king of wrestling podcasts. It's a it's a throne that gets passed around a lot, but right now, I'd say it's Corey Graves. And I'm the one who can pass uh, the throne around. After all, I am the king of wrestling podcasts. So, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm glad you're all here. I am fresh off of a trip to Ringside Fest. I just got back from Ringside Fest. Of course, Ringside Collectibles annual gathering of the WWE Universe, WWE superstars, and everything that uh, Mattel has to offer from the world of WWE. It was awesome. I got to uh, check out everything that Mattel's got lined up for the rest of this year and going into next year. Uh, As well, I got to interview a bunch of superstars, which will air on Ringside Collectibles' YouTube channel. Uh, I was talking to Becky Lynch, who was like fresh, literally Becky Lynch, was on a plane from Dubai in the morning, flew home from Dubai, and went straight to Caroline's on Broadway to Ringside Fest to do a three-hour autograph session, and then spend a couple minutes talking to me. We also talked to Sasha Banks, which was an incredibly entertaining interview. We talked to Nikki Cross, we talked to Ricochet, all of that will come to Ringside Collectibles' YouTube channel, and uh, we'll be uh, uh, having some of that content as well popping up all over the Not Sam social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, as well as YouTube.com slash Not Sam. Speaking of YouTube.com slash Not Sam, don't forget, and you can click the bio in my Instagram account, at Not Sam, but all of the wrestling content that right now is housed uh, at youtube.com slash notsam. It's all going over to a new YouTube site. Uh, If you want a link, you know, I can't give you the whole URL over here. It's got all these letters in it. But if you want the link to it, go to instagram.com slash notsam and click the link in the bio. Because uh, within weeks, I would say, all wrestling content will be on that YouTube channel. So you want to subscribe to that YouTube channel. You know, uh, I've been paying attention, speaking of social media, to a lot on Twitter lately, Um, and it seems as though as the wrestling wars have officially kicked off, as as Wednesday night has become a competition ground of different wrestling promotions, as a promotion has stepped forward to challenge WWE's reign as the sole proprietor of mainstream wrestling, uh, the word shill gets thrown around constantly. And it really is, you know, it's somewhat satisfying to me because I do feel like the description shill is being thrown at people who either acute, directly accused me or implied that I was a WWE shill in years and months past. Now, everybody's getting a taste of the medicine. Anybody who talks about wrestling on Twitter is getting a taste of what it feels like for, you know, half the audience or whatever to call you a shill. Thank God I was the first one to own it. Thank God I was the first one to let the world know, yeah, that's who you're dealing with. You're dealing with a fan of WWE, a lifer, if you will. The Shill Roberts Shill t-shirt came out on Pro Wrestling Tees. The Not Sam Shills, the elite fans of Not Sam Wrestling, who are members of Patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. The Not Sam Shills were born. To hear other people get called a shill in 2019, going into 2020, is actually insulting to me. I know, you're sitting there going, but Scoops, 
I thought you were the last professional broadcaster, hack wrestling journalist, Sam Roberts Scoops Roberts. And while that's true, I'm also, and this is one you need to remember, and you need to put some respect on my name for it. I'm the original shill. And I don't want any conversation coming up about anybody in the wrestling world being a shill unless you're mentioning the name of the original shill, the last professional broadcaster, hack wrestling journalist, Sam Roberts, okay? Because I'm the, I'm the one who sets the bar here. You can have people run around like, oh, he's just a shill for WWE. He's just a shill for AEW. Yeah, but is he a Sam Roberts level shill? Is he a shill on the level of the original shill? I honestly, I get insulted when that word is thrown around now. And people are going like, oh, it's so ridiculous that he's calling me a shill. Yeah, well, guess what? We reap what we sow in this life. The chickens are coming home to roost. And my, oh my, how do they sound? How do they smell? How do they taste? Huh? I'm the original shill. And I get to just kind of sit back and enjoy it all. It's an amazing thing. But that's the key, okay? Make sure when you see that word get thrown around by all the quote-unquote wrestling journalists of the world, all the uh, Twitter heads that have some kind of uh, opinion on wrestling, all the podcasters, all, all, the, all the people in wrestling that go out there and uh, act quote-unquote independently and tell you kind of what their opinions are. The opinion writers of sports entertainment. When you see that word shill get thrown around, let them know. Oh, I saw somebody called you a shill. Oh, I saw you called somebody a shill. You must mean Sam Roberts, the original shill. Don't be throwing that word around like you don't have to mention the king, okay? Because you could say, okay, Sam, you want to call yourself the original, one of the original YouTube wrestling interview guys. Ah, we're not going to give you credit for that. We want to call you, you know, somebody that was doing the uh, wrestling podcast thing early. Certainly not the original. Lots of people doing it before me. Colt Cabana, Chris Jericho, Taz. But still, pretty early in the game considering. No, you don't have to give me credit for that. I don't need credit for that either. Don't, don't give me credit for that. Give me credit for what I was the first at the table with. And that's being a shill. I was a shill before being a shill was cool. I was a shill when there was no war going on, okay? I just took a side for the sake of taking a side. When there was absolutely no reason to take a side. When all it did was get a group of people against me. I said, screw it, taking a side anyway, deal with it. And I did. And I'm happy about it. The original shill, the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts. And that's why you could trust me here, okay? That's why you could trust me. Um, I want to get into our interview this week. Enough of this uh, uh, gallivanting, enough of this uh, uh, crowing about yours truly. Let's talk about somebody else in the podcast game. Corey Graves debuted his podcast last week called After the Bell. After the Bell is the first official WWE, I guess it's the first podcast on the official WWE podcast network. No word yet on uh, who else is going to start to round out that podcast network, but I do know that they are absolutely uh, planning on 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 rounding it out with a few people, um, and I don't I don't know who they are. I just know that there are other shows in the works, and uh, I, I think I, I I think we're going to see this become a real podcast network. But Corey Graves is going to be the one who got to the table first. Corey Graves is going to be the one who's sitting there, and he's the right one to do it. If you if you look at the full-time WWE employees, I mean, Corey Graves is not only somebody who's been in the ring, but he's somebody who's passionate about wrestling. Not only is he a wrestling fan, but due to his job as commentator for Raw and SmackDown, he's been forced. Well, maybe not forced, but his job has been to watch every minute of Raw and SmackDown for the last however many years. And he's got opinions about all of it. This is a guy who has always been opinionated about wrestling um, and always has things to say. That's why he's so uh, outlandish on social media. He's always drumming up some controversy on social media. So why not put a microphone in front of that guy, let him try to drop some controversy in these uh, uh, podcast waveforms. So Corey Graves 
debuts after the bell. Now, after the bell debuted on Wednesday of last week with Bailey, Triple H, Ric Flair, Seth Rollins. We talk about that. You know, at the time I was interviewing him, I didn't know who the guests were. Also, for the record, at the time I was interviewing him, he had not let yet left for Saudi Arabia. So by the time when I when this interview took place, Crown Jewel had not yet taken place. So if you're sitting there going like, oh, you know, why didn't you ask him about uh, why his plane couldn't get home? Because by then his plane hadn't even left yet. So it wouldn't have made any sense to talk to him about it at this point. This was uh, a day or two before the trip to Crown Jewel. So regardless, I sat down uh, and I, I spoke with the man over the telephone. Uh, and I think you're really going to enjoy this interview because in this interview, we get the real Corey Graves. And when I say the real Corey Graves, I don't even mean, you know, he pulled no punches. I don't even mean uh, he held nothing back. He let his opinions be known. I mean, he did all those things. But the reason that we really get to know the real Corey Graves is because you really get to know a man when he's vulnerable. And today, just because you're a listener to Not Sam Wrestling, you get to follow Corey Graves on a journey. Not a metaphorical journey, a literal journey. If you've ever wondered, what would it be like for a WWE personality to be lost in his hotel when he's supposed to meet Michael Cole in the lobby? What would it be like if he was lost in a hotel and couldn't find the lobby? And what would it be like to travel with him as he traveled from his hotel that he was lost in to the arena and into a WWE production meeting? If those are questions that have been on your mind for some time now, if those are things that sound appealing to you, those are things that that make you go like, yeah, I am very curious about that, then guess what? This is the show for you. Let's follow Corey Graves now. We'll talk to him about his new podcast and follow him on his journey from his hotel to the arena to the production meeting. Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Graves, my guest this week on Not Sam Wrestling. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. Ladies and gentlemen, here with us at this time, the world champion of love, back here with us, Corey Graves. What's the haps, man? Hey, man, I feel like I should just be a staple on your show. I feel like I've probably been on it more than anybody. I think so. You were certainly the first. Which uh, is kind of, which is, it's amazing that you're actually, you still have a podcast, that I've been on it that many times, and it still exists, so. I guess that means <laughs> that it hasn't been thrown off the air yet. Yeah. Well, you were the first two-time guest. Now it's been on. We've been on long enough that there have been other two-time guests. But I don't know anybody. I mean, you've done multiple live shows. You're also the only person that's been on the podcast and also come on the serious show as like just the sit-in co-host for the day. So, I mean, I guess I kind of put you through broadcasting school. I got you ready for this podcast endeavor. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily an accurate description <laughs> as to what you've added to my career, but you have certainly helped. You give me a platform for the time. Yeah. Okay. All right. You wouldn't. So you. So so when when WWE and you were talking about launching this podcast, you weren't describing me as your broadcasting mentor. No. no oh, that's a, that's a shock. Okay, that's kind of how I was framing this for everybody. But I'll. Uh, I guess I have to double back on that well, a little bit. I apologize for. Uh, for ruining your your plan, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a real shame. Um, well, I, I I thought it was funny that uh, this announcement was made that after the bell is launching, because I thought just as you were finally not having 150 jobs in the WWE, you were like, okay, maybe now's the time to uh, pick up a new one. Yeah, I, I basically um, I I had a total mental meltdown when I found out I wouldn't be calling Raw and SmackDown anymore, so <laughs> I demanded that they give me a podcast. That was it, right? Because I know you were so, like, I, I I can't take not calling all the matches. Yeah, I need to call everything. Even now, I find myself on my couch on Monday night <laughs> doing commentary to myself. They were like, okay, what if we give you Total Divas and your own podcast and we'll launch a network for you? And you're like, alright, well, if that's all I can get, that's all I can get. Right. Right. It's not enough, but it'll do. <laughs> so talk to me about your podcast. Talk to me about After the Bell. What, what is the format? Because I listened to the preview uh, and it sounds like uh, we're going to have interviews, I guess, every week. You know, you're launching uh, with Triple H and I heard many other voices 
uh, on the on the one minute preview clip that was released on iTunes. Is this going to be the type of thing where you do an interview every week? Is it going to be topical? What's what, what what type of format are we working with? Um. Yes. <laughs> to all the things that you just suggested. Yes. Okay. Um, it's still early and it's in its infancy, so to speak, as to what the podcast will look like mm-hmm. uh, as I am lost in my hotel. <laughs> it's tremendous. So I thought I was multitasking, trying to make it to a production meeting and I can't, I'm already 15 minutes late. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so I promote my podcast. So this is taking precedence tonight, uh, today. Um, yeah. So Isn't that amazing that, that, that you're, you're missing your, your production meeting for the day job? Like, that's a, that's a mistake, people. Oh, you're already making the mistakes. Like, and, and I guess it's just being allowed because I always watch, like, people go like, okay, I'll pick up a secondary job. And then the day job starts to be like, ah, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll concentrate on the secondary. I am literally lost in my hotel. <laughs> this might be more entertaining than anything I can tell you about my podcast. <laughs> where, where are you in the hotel? <laughs> I don't know because there was like a, there's a walkway and there's a bridge and I don't know where any of the things that I need are. Is the hotel connected to the arena? No, there's like a hotel and then there's another tower and then there's a. Uh, I have no idea what's happening right now. So what are you looking for? Um, anyway, what are you, what are you looking I'm for? Looking for the bridge. Okay, Back to, to the lobby. Oh, so you can't get to the but lobby. It's on a, it, no, I can't get to the lobby where my vehicle is, and Michael Cole is surely upset with me because I'm very late. <laughs> yeah, you would think there would just be an elevator with a button that says L, and it would take you where you need to go. Yeah, well, there, there is, but it's not the lobby that I need to go to. It's the other so lobby. I think I'm gonna just walk. I'm gonna walk out the front door and walk across the street to the other part of the hotel that I could see. Um, anyway, <laughs> will be yeah, it will be topical, um, and I think that's gonna help decide which guests I have on said podcast uh, based on, you know, who's, who's making the noise, who's in the news, so to speak, I and see. be able to sort of prove or disprove certain rumors and things of that nature. Um, we did a couple test interviews for more for technical purposes, and it was really cool. I was really pleased with what we, we got out of it. Um, now I'm outside of the hotel and there's a jackhammer. So oh my god, really, <laughs> this is not really this is not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but, yeah, we're gonna. It was really cool to sit down and not necessarily long form in in the standard wrestling podcast of having an hour to talk about things. Yeah. Um, but to be able to have a full blown conversation and, and give things context because that's the one thing that's missing from so much of social media, as you know. Uh, you, you get a quote out of context and then people, you know, jump down your throat or they misunderstand your intent and it just becomes a whole disaster and just makes the internet more negative than it already is. So it'll be cool to be able to sit down with, you know, wh- whoever's in the news that week or whoever's the most hated guy in the business that day, which as we know, alternates hourly. Definitely. And, uh, and really get it, like get to get their perspective and, and kind of humanize them. You know what I mean? So and, like, you know, you do a great job with it when you give, give a platform to guys to actually talk and you get to learn who they are as opposed to what, you know, what they did on television for that three minute segment that sucks. Yeah. I mean, actually having a conversation about like, okay, well, what were you thinking when this happened? Well, what was the intent? Well, what was the result like? Or even, you know, when, when Seth Rollins is in the news and, and, you know, his one little quote goes everywhere and everyone's got an opinion. I would love to hear Seth Rollins have a conversation about exactly. why he said that and what he really meant and what it was based on and, and you know, everything. The context. Context. Add some context. And, and it's, it's funny that you bring up Seth Rollins because he is also one of my guests for... Hold on one second. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I found Cole. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> but you walked but, in... Um, so, he yeah. saw, so Cole saw you walk in the front door instead of meet you in the lobby... <laughs> On the yeah. other way, you came in through the outside. Yeah. I did. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I I've never had this experience before. But yeah, Seth Rollins is actually one of the one of the uh, first guests on the first week, so I'll be excited to have oh know, a God. conversation with him as opposed to just addressing whatever tweet he sent out. So you got you got Triple H and Seth on the first episode. Yeah. Also Bailey. Wow. And Nature Boy Ric Flair. How long is this podcast? Seven days. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it'll be worth it. I think it's I'm going to listen. Longest podcast. 
I can't uh, wait. I think, I think we're our goal. Our goal is to over deliver, obviously, on this person. Yeah. Are you? Uh, are you? The move I think is for you to get with WWE and say, "Look, you need to stop giving other podcasters uh, access to guests whatsoever, so that everything I do I is an exclusive." I'm actually going to cut you and everybody off <laughs> um, access to our superstars because it's my show now, and I'm taking over the world of podcasting. If you can somehow get Bruce Pritchard banned from doing Conrad podcasts, I think you will be able to be the king. That's the goal. <laughs> He's first on my list. Have you thought about adding a segment to your show simply called uh, Shut Up Saxton, where you would go to Byron Saxton, get his take on whatever's going on? It doesn't even have to be in wrestling. You know, Byron Saxton's take on a regular basis is missed. I am interested anytime I see Byron Saxton on what his take on on anything that's on his mind is. Maybe going to Byron, getting his take on something, and then you know if you wanted to tell him to shut up, you could. I think I think you and Byron should launch a podcast <laughs> on the Sam Roberts Network. You think so? And I have an excuse to ban you both from the podcast. <laughs> What's it like uh, now? I mean, you've gone through one pay per view. Uh, as only the SmackDown commentator. It's the first time uh, ever that there have been these dual-branded pay-per-views, and you have been able to go with the rest of the commentary team and not call every single match. What is it like for you to be sitting in a locker room for half of the pay-per-views for the first time ever? Well, I I will correct you in that I wasn't in the locker room. Cole and I were sitting in the little corral area. Oh. uh, Beside where, where the bell ringer is. Um, and, but we watch it. It's cool to be able to get that, that perspective of a fan again and be sort of removed a little bit uh, and not have the audio aspect of it and just kind of listen to the crowd. It was at Hell in a Cell, and, and I get to watch Sasha and Becky basically as a fan from, from a great front row seat, and it was, it was awesome. It was amazing how much you can still enjoy this business when you can remove yourself from it a little bit. Yeah, like you don't have any responsibility. You're just allowed to watch and go like, oh, I see what's happening here. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's it's almost a novel concept. I've been sitting through every second of television for three years to go. Oh wait, this is fun to just listen to the crowd. And yeah, watch the match. and I don't have to think of something clever to say right now. I don't have to have an I don't have to have an right. opinion on this. I can just watch it. Exactly. Uh, how has life changed since you've become a reality show star? You're one of the total divas. Uh, I've watched you. Well, um, I've seen it all go down. Uh, people are very very interested now. Well, there, there are now paparazzi following me everywhere that I go. <laughs> I'm surprised you could make it all the way through your hotel journey without the paparazzi well, hunting was, you down. That was why. I was trying to avoid the paparazzi, so I went to the wrong floor, and then I walked out of the hotel before I walked back in the other side of the hotel and was greeted by a smiling Michael Cole. <laughs> uh, there, were, there were photographers everywhere. I, I can only I mean, imagine. At least I was pretending. I was pretending there were photographers everywhere. It made me feel less stupid for getting lost in a hotel. <laughs> Have you? Do you enjoy the process of having cameras around you filming that reality show? I mean, it kind of seems like a nightmare to me, but I don't know. I've never done it. Yeah, it's not something I um, was looking to make a habit out of. It was kind of a, an accidental occurrence in the first place. Uh, it's really, really wild because they say, oh, be yourself. But I can't necessarily be myself when there's cameras on all the time because that's how you end up in jail. <laughs> right. <laughs> so do you end up, like, you started dating Carmela, obviously, and she's on the show, so does it just become one of these things like, look, if this relationship is going to be anything serious, you kind of got to be on this TV show with me? Or did E come to yeah, you and that, say, yeah? Yeah, it was, it was a, a hybrid of both. Yeah. Mostly, mostly the first. Right, her going like, this is a part uh, of what yeah, I do. It was, it was nothing that I had planned or, or you know, but that said, it was fun. The crew that we worked with was, was a lot of fun. They took us, you know, took us out and, and put us in some pretty fun situations. Um, I, I didn't hate it. I, I have not watched it back yet, as that was a pretty bizarre, dark period of my life, yes. as you know. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is, but it's weird. The, the social media uh, response to it has been almost unanimously positive, which is weird. Well, yeah, I mean... They're, that, they're, that, in a, that makes it uncomfortable for me. I'm be, not used to people being nice on Twitter. Right, because you've never had anything that's, that's universally positive on social media. Right. 
<laughs> it is. I mean, they're portraying you guys as a very sweet couple. If, if there are no cameras around, if you that's guys... That's great editing. That's great editing. I'm actually not that sweet in person. That's what I was going to ask. I did. I saw like an interview with Carmela recently when I was Googling you before this, and she was asked if you were a, a, a heel in real life. And she was like, oh, no, he's actually romantic and he's very sweet. And I'm like, who does she know? Of course he is. This is just him. Yeah, I've actually got her bamboozled. That's what it is. <laughs> I've, I've got her fooled. And uh, I'm not who everyone thinks. Uh, actually, I'm not who she thinks I am. I am who everyone else thinks I am. Right, right. Are you, the, are you the type that actually will take her out on a day, go dancing, go buy fancy chocolates, go through all this, or, is, or do you have help from uh, reality show producers teaching you how to do a good date? Well, I just want to say that uh, I just spent two days in New York City, uh-huh. one of which was her birthday, Whoa. and uh, I think I racked up some pretty good points on my own. What did you do? Uh, went to quite a, quite a fancy uh, fancy dinner, uh, wandered around the city aimlessly. Uh, there, there was some, some dancing. There was some... Hang on, I'm getting ballets now. <laughs> this is what happens. This is why you can't talk to me. I can't multitask. That's okay. We're getting a real behind-the-scenes look into the life of Corey Graves. This is the real reality show. Yeah, well, there's actually Total Divas cameras following me right now. Oh, really? You and Michael Cole no. together on Total no. Divas. <laughs> Just me and Cole walking in like a couple of schlubs trying not to be late for the meeting. <laughs> I'm also carrying my dog right now. Pancake. Uh, which adds, Yeah, Pancake. He's, mm-hmm. he's a bigger star than I am, which is crazy. Uh, he's got like 10,000 Instagram followers. I don't know. I do love that you guys got that little uh, girl dog. Like, it's perfect for a girl to carry around. And every time I've seen that dog, you're the one carrying it. Yeah, because he's masculine as hell. (laughs) I was just thinking that, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, I mean, that sounds sounds like you had a very, uh, very nice time there in New York, even without reality show. He was very happy. Yeah. We stayed in a nice hotel. We had... Some nice experiences throughout the day. I mean, it's New York City. You can't not have fun in New York City. Do you enjoy uh, being in the two-man booth on SmackDown? You and Michael Cole are together, so if you want to uh, change your wording so he doesn't know what you're talking yeah, about... He's you... standing right beside me, so I'm not going to put him over. <laughs> I'm not going to let you know how much fun we have now, just with the two of us doing our thing on SmackDown. That's not the case at all. Uh-huh. I dread every minute of it. He's <laughs> overbearing. He's very mean to me. <laughs> There's bullying, I've heard. I've heard there's bullying. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's, it's actually awesome. It's refreshing, and it's fun to just, just kind of go out there. And it's almost it's effortless. Like, he and I, we've worked together long enough to where it's, you know, you just kind of feel it. And I know where he's going. He knows where I'm going. And aside from when I, you know, have a brain freeze in the middle of a graphic or something, everything's pretty smooth. Is it the first time you've done a two-man booth? Okay. Um... No, I actually started in a two-man booth with... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I, I didn't start, but Phillips and I did it in NXT. Right, right. So... Can you believe... Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of fun to go... And, and Cole's always, always there and always helped me when I was learning commentary to begin with. So it was kind of a seamless transition when I got to start working with him on Raw. Have you talked to Dio at all since he started Raw? Because I feel like you're the one guy who could kind of... <laughs> You know, I don't know, sympathize with what he's going for, because I can't imagine kind of going from like, oh, I'm going to be a wrestler to like, oh, let's try this commentary thing. And then, you know, within weeks going, well, yeah, you're going to be the guy on Raw. And it's like, what? I I thought we were still learning. No, I can't sympathize with him because he literally went from I'm going to learn how to do commentary. Yeah, I'm doing Monday Night Raw. (laughs) Like that's, you know, I at least was doing NXT for about two years before I got called up. Right. So, yeah, I, I. I've talked to him. I have chatted with him. I get along great with him. I think I think he's got a, a good future. Um, it's just a matter of reps, man. There, yeah. There's no substitute for experience, and and he'll get it. How long did and it? Maybe it could be a blessing. You know what I mean? To be thrown right into the fire. Oh, I'm you sure. Have to succeed or die. So, how long did it take you? I remember, like when we were first talking, when you first started doing commentary, you were like, "It's kind of weird. I'm learning." You know, you weren't a person who thought you were going to talk for a living. You thought you were going to uh, wrestle for a living. How long? into the game, was it like, oh, yeah, I could do this with my eyes closed? Uh, I mean, it was a while to get to that point, but mm-hmm. as far as reaching a level of comfort, it was toward the, I, I would say, I, I don't, I'm terrible with time periods, but I remember like it was DIY and Revival 
uh, with their series, and they did a takeover match in Toronto. Right. I don't know what year that was, but I remember that kind of being one of the matches that I was like, okay, I got this now. I can be myself. I can be over the top to an extent, but I can also, you know, do what I do. And um, that was, that was, oh, that always stands out to me. It's kind of like a, okay, I got this. Do you feel any different knowing that you're on Fox and that there is this sort of like uh, uh, importance put on the show now because we all know what a big deal the Fox TV deal was the fact that you're on network TV the fact that you know Fox uh, as a network appears to be heavily invested in what this show is do you feel that pressure do you put that out of your head and go I'm just going to go do my job yeah it's definitely the latter I've gotten to this point I mean I've called however many Wrestlemania's Mm -hmm. front to back and uh, it's I, I just I just go to work I think about it after the fact like what really stoked me was watching the NFL and seeing a SmackDown commercial and hearing my voice. Right. Like when I was at home, I was like, whoa, that's insane to me. Like I just broke into an NFL game for a commercial with my voice and my, you know, my friends and our, our, you know, our company. And, um, yeah, so that was a little wild, but as far as on the air, not really. I mean, it, it doesn't feel any different to me. Uh, other than, like I said, it's, it's cool to just work with Cole. And, and I feel like, I know it's only been a few weeks, but I think people are eventually going to realize how good Cole is. He's not beside me anymore, so I can actually say that. <laughs> um, but, but when we have some time and we get a proper match to call, and it's not the crazy traffic that is a, a typical television show, I think people are going to go, oh, maybe we were a little too hard on this dude. Uh, because when, it, when he gets down to do what we do, what we can do, mm-hmm. he's, he's the best. And I'm excited for that to happen just on a personal side because I know, you know, he loves this business as much as anybody I've ever met. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been here for 23 years. And to, to actually call a match and call wrestling, which, you know, it's, we're, this is still a, in its infancy, this whole Fox deal. So the shows are still kind of taking shape and figuring out where their footing is. But, you know, whether it be on a pay-per-view coming up or, or something, you know, in the future, when Cole and I get to call something and just do what we are capable of, trust me, we, we know what the opinion is and why it is, and there's reasons for it, and we're not disagreeing with anybody. But when we get the, the, the restraints taken off, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, you know, it always kind of surprised me, and maybe it's just because I'm a little too close to it and know a little too much that, like, people didn't really give Cole very much credit for the fact that, like, those couple weeks, I think it was over the summer, that you were off doing other stuff, Cole kind of shifted into, he did it on SmackDown once, and he did it on an episode of Raw midway through the episode where he shifted into uh, analysis, you know, analyst, instead of, you yeah, know, play-by-play yeah, please, guy. Please and it's like... Not, d- dis- despite what the internet says, yeah. the guy actually knows what the hell he's <laughs> Is there any part of you, as you uh, head towards the launch of this podcast, like... It sounds like you're going to need to record an episode every week. It doesn't sound like this is something you're going to be able to put in the can and go like, okay, if I have a super busy week, you know, I'll just, I'll bank a couple. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the plan is we want this to be current and timely and relevant. So, I mean, we're going we're to record it every Tuesday for a Wednesday launch. So. Oh, are you going to record like, are you going to record your part in a studio and then record the interviews? Like what, how are you going to do it? No, it's all set up. It's in the studios. Hang on. Yeah, the studio's all set up in uh, Stanford, and we're gonna uh, we'll, we'll record whether it be via Skype with our guests or phone or, or however we decide to do it. But every Tuesday, it, so it'll be fresh. That's so perfect. Cover, uh, you know that that previous NXT, then SmackDown on Friday, then the night before Raw, and then leading into NXT again that same night the, the podcast drops. So it'll be it'll be timely and relevant. That's why I'm excited to be able to say, hey, something crazy happened on Raw. Can I yeah. get that guy the next thing in the way and really be the first, you know, source to, uh, to bring you the information. Yeah. I love that. And I love it way more than you having to like travel with a recorder and tinker around the locker room going like, Hey dude, do you have a minute to be on my podcast? Like <laughs> that there's yeah, actually a exactly. system in it's place. Be the furthest thing from that. But it, so I, I just walked into the production meeting uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, that I had mentioned before that I'm not late for. I'm actually on time. Good. However, it Good. dawned on me that this arena was the site of the greatest wrestling segment in the history of the world. Which segment? The electric chair. <laughs> oh, no, you're back in the electric chair building. <laughs> I, I walked into the production meeting room, and I went, oh, no, 
I remember this place for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> you just started getting so, chills, yeah. and you're like, what is that feeling? Why am I feeling this right now? Yeah, yeah, so that's what it is. Uh, I, I'm back here where it all began. So hopefully I can, I can sort of lay that to rest tonight and focus on my new beginning uh, after the bell and not the electric chair. Although you, I might try to make the electric chair a segment on, on podcast. <laughs> just because, just because of the overwhelming uh, demand for the electric chair to come back. Well, yeah, I mean, I read it every day. Like, that's the one thing that they fans feel like WWE has missed the boat on is not enough electric chair. Right, right. I mean, I, I built the chair by hand. I, <laughs> the segment. I did all of it yeah. by myself. Uh, so I was very proud of it. And I feel like uh, it was maybe one of the most underappreciated genius moments in the history of the business. I think so, too. And if you're going to have a segment called the electric chair, the person should be sitting in an electric chair that is not plugged in. I think it's super important. It was a metaphor, Sam. <laughs> it was a metaphor because it was... This interview is going to be so electric oh. that you feel like your eyes might bulge out of your skull. And then you get those like questions that have been on everybody's mind, like, who would you like to be in the Mixed Match Challenge with? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I know that's what I was wondering. I yeah, I mean, that little girl had the, the wherewithal to get it. I, I would have never gotten that. I mean, you want the hard-hitting questions. We're going to get them for you. So, okay, if you want, I don't want to keep you from your production meeting. Would you want to just put your phone on speaker and we'll just kind of listen in? Yeah, that'd be great. And also, my podcast got canceled before it started. I now work uh, for a different company with different letters. <laughs> well, look, Graves, I'm assuming the production... ESPN, mean, ESPN. ESPN, just to be clear. Right. ESPN yeah, are the letters. Guy now, I'm a broadcaster. Right. That's very smart, Corey. You're, you're, very, you're maturing. You, you, you are maturing. You know, it took 35 years, but I, uh, I'm making strides. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I'm assuming your production meeting uh, at the time of this recording starts in one minute. Is that right? That sounds about accurate. Okay. So I should probably let you go? I mean, you know, if you value my job, then maybe. <laughs> I mean, do I value your job no, this, this is, yeah. more than I value mine? Like, would I, would I, I go, hey, I heard Graves got canned for talking on his phone during the production meeting. You guys need someone to call SmackDown? Yeah, and then not only would I say, do you guys need somebody to call SmackDown, but I'd call every dirt sheet, and I'd go, do you want to hear the phone call? <laughs> I got it. It's my phone call. <laughs> there it is. See? Yeah, there's... You're a, you're a fly, fly man. There's no that. loyalty. There's no, And then you'd turn around, and, and you'd hear uh, 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 Dio on Jim and Sam every morning, and you're like, what happened in my life? What what happened? Yeah, that would be it, man. That's it. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. All right, well, in that case, I'll let you go. Uh, I can't wait to hear the podcast, man. Uh, I'm really happy that uh, you are launching the WWE's uh, podcasting situation. I think you're the right guy for it. Um, and it sounds like it's going to be a really cool show. Uh, I mean, if anybody's going to get access to all this stuff, it's you. So uh, congrats, dude. Well, thank you so much, Sam. I uh, appreciate it. And I'm sure I will. Let's, let's do a crossover episode. Let's do it. Jack Horseman style. Let's do it. This is a crossover. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, I'm excited. I'm going to try to put the electric chair behind me tonight. And uh, WWE after the bell starts this 30th. Uh, what day does your, your stuff drop? Uh, thir- Mondays. Mondays. Okay, Monday. Great. So uh, two days after you hear this, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcast. After the bell, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at WWE Graves. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy your production meeting, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Sammy. All right, bye. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to this week's State of Wrestling, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. First of all, thank you to Corey Graves. Whoa, my pen just went flying. Thank you to Corey Graves uh, for being uh, a part of this week's podcast. He's going to be podcasting all over the place now. If you want more from Corey Graves, you can listen to After the Bell uh, on Apple Podcasts. Those drop every single Wednesday. It's perfectly. I mean, it fits perfectly. Monday morning, you got Not Sam Wrestling. You get a couple days to digest that. Wednesday, you digest After the Bell when we'll hit you back right in time for Thursday afternoon when Thursday Not Sam Thursday comes out. A couple of notes about this week's Thursday Not Sam Thursday. I appreciate that. Some of you caught that Easter egg. My son uh, did interrupt the show mid-show, and I just decided to leave it in. So, if you uh, enjoyed that uh, and you heard that, it, that the people who listen closely. I mean, it's maybe five seconds of the 45-minute podcast. So, if you were listening closely, you got it. 
it was for you. If you haven't heard it yet, feel free to go back and listen again. Uh, I got a little bit of flack uh, because the name of the podcast was The Fiend is the Champion of the Universe. And there's a picture of Bray Wyatt, the, uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt, holding up the Universal Championship. And people said, uh, spoilers, hello, Sam, I haven't watched Crown Jewel yet. And I did. I posted the podcast. The podcast was up maybe an hour after Crown Jewel was off the air. You know, it was a 45-minute podcast. I waited until Crown Jewel was off. So maybe an hour after Crown Jewel was off the air, the podcast was up. And for some of you guys that were waiting to watch Crown Jewel later, you did get spoiled. But look, um, in the internet age that we live in, I can't take responsibility for these spoilers. I've always been a guy who looks at the definition of spoilers very, very loosely. At the end of the day, this is a live show on the WWE Network. This is a wrestling podcast that we have to stay, we have to keep topical. The only reason that the Thursday, Not Sam Thursday show exists is to cover things that are topical. And you could say, well, you could just title it something differently. Yeah, but I need a title that's provocative, that gets people going. You know, I need a title that you read it and you click on it. I want to see what Sam has to say about this. So look, I would say that if you're talking about a pay-per-view, Pay-per-views don't have long shelf lives in terms of, like, surprises, okay? You know, I, I think that uh, if you look at uh, newspapers, they don't give you the rest of the night before they tell you who won the World Series. Everybody knew, who was it, the Astros, the Nationals? Everybody knew that the Nationals won the World Series as soon as the game was over. It was everywhere. So if you want to avoid World Series spoilers, when, when the Super Bowl comes around, I don't care. It doesn't even have to be the Super Bowl. Any NFL game. You don't see the daily news going like, okay, turn to page three and we'll tell you who won the game. They tell you who won the game on the cover. If you don't want to find out who won the game, you better stay away from the daily news. So I'm saying, if you don't want spoilers on what's happening actively in the world of wrestling, stay away from the internet, man. If you stay away from the internet, you know, my the titles of my podcast won't bother you. But... If I'm sitting there and I don't want spoilers, and it's happened before where I don't want wrestling spoilers, I will just not be on social media. I won't be like, well, maybe I'll just go on social media but avoid. It's like, you know, saying I'm not going to drink, but let me just go into a bar and get a club soda and hang out with this girl for a little while. Maybe. But it's not the people at the bar's fault for tempting you, you know. If you don't want spoilers, don't dip your foot in and say, well, I won't look at WWE's Twitter, but I'll look at other Twitters, or I'll check my podcast feed, or I'll... Every Thursday, I got a podcast coming out. Every Thursday that that podcast has been released, the name of the podcast is in the title of it. I mean, the subject of the podcast is in the title of it. Whether it was Finn Balor turning heel, whether it was whatever, whatever we're talking about on the podcast, whatever the top story in my mind, that's what I title Thursday, not Sam Thursday. So if it is a Thursday and you do not want to know what the top news story of the day is, stay away from podcast feeds until after you have caught up on everything. That's all I'll tell you. I do not feel remorseful that there were spoilers in the title of that podcast. Spoilers will continue to be in the title of podcasts. They just will. That's what we do on Thursdays. Um, so if you didn't watch SmackDown, it's Monday now. So if you didn't watch SmackDown, this might not be the greatest show for you right now because I'm about to tell you it was a wild-ass SmackDown. As a matter of fact, NXT took it over. Spoiler alert. It's true. So, uh, of course, travel woes. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, the WWE superstars couldn't get back from Saudi Arabia on time. The plan initially going in, and this is crazy to me, but this is the WWE schedule. This was what the plan to do was. WWE chartered a plane. It went to uh, uh, Riyadh for Crown Jewel with all the superstars on it. And all the, the crew and the whole thing was like 175 people, something like that. They went. They did Crown Jewel. When the show's over, they jump on the chartered plane to bring them all back to Buffalo, New York, so they could do SmackDown 24 hours later. Insane that they were even like, okay, we'll do uh, Crown Jewel, and then 24 hours later, we'll fly everybody back. We'll do SmackDown. Personally, I love that style of work ethic. I think that that's awesome. I love the uh, not taking no for an answer. I love the where there's a will, there's a way. I love the show must go on mentality. I always, I think it's it's great. You know, when I'm 
got to do a radio show, I try to exhaust all options and make sure that I can be there for the radio show. You know, I don't have an entire corporation behind me to help me. Sometimes it's just me trying to book uh, travel. I can't exactly charter a plane, but I do what I can. If I had other options, I would take them. However, the plan didn't come to fruition. WWE superstars stuck because the reported reason was mechanical failures and rumors run rampant all weekend. Regardless of what the rumors are, most of the WWE superstars and crew that were at Crown Jewel were not able to be at SmackDown. They'd advertised many matches, including Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. Both of them stuck on a plane on a tarmac thousands of miles away. No chance of getting to SmackDown on time. So, what did they do? Like Chris Farley, as a police officer in Airheads, when he's getting picked on, they tugged off the nipple ring and improvised. Yes, I was very excited, to tell you the truth, when the WWE announced that, look, everything we had planned for SmackDown is on a plane that's stuck on a runway that is not getting out of there on time. So... We're figuring it out right now. And everybody that I talked to at WWE uh, has said that this was literally, you know, very, very late that Thursday night and all day Friday is when they were scrambling to figure it all out. And I've got to tell you, you can be cynical all you want. Oh, well, this is a one-off. Their backs were against the wall. This is what they do. Wait till next week. How about don't wait till next week? How about just talk about this week and whether it was good or not? Because the fact is it was good. You know, you wouldn't be sitting there if... You will not sit there and say, okay, things were bad this week, but WWE does good stuff, so I'm sure it'll get better. Like, you wouldn't say that. So why say, well, it was good this week, but WWE sucks. So, you know, it was good this week, but what is it really going to lead to? No, no. It was good this week, period, end of story. That's it. You know, it made me go, I wish that WWE always just pretended shows didn't exist and 45 minutes before the show starts, they just figure it out, you know? It left everybody at their best, in my opinion, you know? And maybe that was also because they brought in a whole bunch of people that they had to explain to the SmackDown audience who they were. They had to, you know, maintain this excitement about them and it forced them to think creatively about these superstars Whereas if a superstar is a little bit more established, we can rest on those laurels a little bit and maybe just present a match that doesn't mean all that much. They couldn't do that at all on SmackDown this week. Every single segment had to smoke. And the fact that their back was against the wall and people were going like, well, this is going to suck now because nobody's there. It means like, okay, we really have to deliver because look, we're not getting 4 million views like we got in the beginning in the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. Okay? And... The FS1 number wasn't good last week. So we got to present a killer show. We have to present a show where a lot of people are going to be tuning in out of curiosity. A lot of people are going to tune into this show curious about what we're going to do when our back is against the wall. We've got to keep them there. And boy, did they. WWE decided to uh, cash in on on this great, you know, people were like, it's dumb that at Crown Jewel you're doing a five-on-five five tag match when you got Survivor Series only a month away. And maybe there is some truth to that. But at the same time, it's a damn good thing that Survivor Series is only a month away because the fates aligned in that way and made it so, oh, we literally yesterday announced that NXT was going to be a part of the brand competition at Survivor Series. It's going to be, for the first time ever, Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. So the WWE turned around and they flew up most of the NXT roster from Orlando and they put them on the show. They started the show with uh, 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 Renee Young and Aiden English and Tom Phillips on commentary halfway through the first hour or so. Pat McAfee, NXT's own Pat McAfee comes in and, uh, and he represents NXT, which I actually thought was a good move because... Pat only does the NXT shows. I mean, I guess he popped up on WrestleMania and he was doing the, because uh, I, I don't even think he does the uh, watch-alongs anymore. And he popped up on WrestleMania, but he didn't wear pants, so he doesn't do those shows anymore. So we're left with Pat McAfee on NXT, a voice of NXT. He came in to represent NXT on commentary. I thought commentary was fun. 
Look, people are like, hey, Sam, wouldn't it be great to watch Pat McAfee, Tom Phillips, and Renee Young be the commentary team for SmackDown every week? No, it wouldn't be great. And you're like, why wouldn't it be great? And I'm like, so I could watch my three friends who I like uh, would love to do commentary with any one of those three so I could watch them every week from my couch at home? No, it wouldn't be fun at all. I would far prefer me in there. <laughs> so no, I don't, I don't want to watch Pat McAfee and Tom Phillips and Renee Young on, on SmackDown every week. I like being on the air with those three people. I get along great with all three of them. Pat McAfee's a moron, but it doesn't mean I don't get along great with him on the air. You know, NXT shill that he is. You want to talk about shills. But now I don't want to see them every week on SmackDown. I'm going to be sitting there going like, hey, guys, maybe you could have called me, you know. <laughs> but it was refreshing and it was entertaining. I will say, you know, there's a reason why I like all three of those people. And it's because they don't suck. You know, it was a very entertaining broadcast. And Aiden English is great, too. You know, no slight on him whatsoever. I just haven't worked with him uh, very much. I know him. He's a great dude. I like listening to him. I haven't done a kickoff show or done any commentary with him in the past. Um, so SmackDown starts. It's a big news episode. Brock Lesnar quit. Um, I hope that there's some explanation to that because I'm sitting here. I overthought it. You know what I mean? I'm sitting here going like, because you're, you're going like, well, the Universal Champion and the WWE Champion is on SmackDown. What's going to happen? Oh, Brock Lesnar will just quit SmackDown. Oh, okay. You know, I'm sitting here going, no, it's genius because Survivor Series is coming up. So for the next three weeks, one of the storylines can be that the USA Network is upset that Raw doesn't have a major championship on the show, that Smack, that Fox has both championship. Let's make the networks uh, have a bit of a rivalry going on. Fox has both of those championships. How could the SmackDown, uh, the Raw athletes let this happen? And that part of the challenge of Survivor Series is the Raw athletes have to bring home that WWE championship. And maybe you have Brock Lesnar versus two different athletes from Raw. Maybe you have Brock Lesnar in a triple threat versus Rey Mysterio and somebody else. So you've got two people trying to get that title back. Maybe you've got The Fiend versus two people trying to get the Universal title back to Monday Night Raw, you know? What if the network is so pissed that they're like, no, not only do we want one, we want both. You know, what if that's a storyline that you could have both titles come back to Raw now? You know, why not keep the competition going as opposed to Brock Lesnar just quitting? And I'm not ready to poo-poo the whole thing yet. That That's just my preference. That's how I would have had it gone myself. But, you know, Raw, obviously Brock Lesnar said he was going to be there tonight uh, on Raw so, uh, obviously, there'll be some kind of Rey Mysterio-Brock Lesnar confrontation. I do want to see a Brock Lesnar-Rey Mysterio match. I think it would be awesome uh, at this point in his career for Rey Mysterio to have that match. I think that Brock Lesnar is going to clobber him like a whack-a-mole. I don't even think it's going to be competitive. I think he is going to fold Rey Mysterio up like a, an accordion. But I still think it would be an entertaining match to watch. Um, so, you had Brock Lesnar quit SmackDown. Then, I mean, you had the complete and utter domination uh, of NXT over the SmackDown roster. NXT dominated the SmackDown roster from Shayna Baszler coming in and taking out your women's champion, Bailey, From Tommaso Ciampa getting a clean victory over The Miz, although that's not that difficult, and Adam Cole getting a clean victory over Daniel Bryan, I don't think anybody saw Adam Cole getting a clean victory over Daniel Bryan. We already saw, uh, and it turned out to be a red herring, we already saw that Roderick Strong was right there with Adam Cole. The whole world is thinking, oh, we're going to have some undisputed era interference leading to Adam Cole's win. No, we're not. We're going to see the American Dragon versus Bay Bay, and Bay Bay is going to overcome the odds. And Adam Cole is going to win the entire NXT roster standing strong at the end of SmackDown. Now look, NXT did take over a SmackDown where the entire roster was stuck on a runway overseas. 
You know, it wasn't exactly the fiercest competition in the world. I don't know that NXT can sit there and be like, oh, this means we're better than SmackDown because they didn't even encounter most of the SmackDown roster or quite frankly, any except for maybe Daniel Bryan of the main eventers. Sami Zayn even got taken out by Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. Um, But nevertheless... It was a great episode of SmackDown. It was one of those episodes where you had to leave the show on the entire time. And that's the key. It's not about bringing new talent on all the time. It's not about invasions. It's not about, oh, well, they can't maintain this. The reason SmackDown was so good on Friday night was because every segment mattered. Something happened in every segment that was noteworthy. And that is what SmackDown should be every week. That's what Raw should be every week. That's what NXT should be every week. Every single week, if something noteworthy is happening in every single segment, then guess what? You're going to have shows that people are going to want to talk about. You're going to have shows that people are talking to their friends about. And you're going to have shows that feed off each other. I have to believe that this week's NXT on Wednesday night will have better ratings than it has in the past. You have introduced the entire SmackDown viewing audience to Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox. Poor Dakota Kai. You didn't introduce Dakota Kai to the audience. You could have done that. I mean, Team Kick already exists. I don't know why Rhea Ripley came in and took the spot, but Rhea Ripley came in and took the spot. Point is, the SmackDown audience knows who Rhea Ripley is now. They're going to be tuned in to NXT because all these people look like a million bucks. A million bucks. Now the question is, does NXT show up on Raw tonight? I can't imagine that you will have an NXT takeover on Raw tonight uh, on the level that you did uh, with uh, 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 SmackDown because the whole roster is going to be there. I mean, the Raw roster is a lot bigger than NXT. Uh, so I would think that we're going to see... Um, I think what you should do is have a few people from NXT show up. I think Tommaso Ciampa is a great war leader. I think Adam Cole. I think Gargano... I think a few people show up, but I think they get stopped at the door by people who used to be in NXT. I think they get stopped at the door by Aleister Black. I think they get stopped at the door by Ricochet. And I think they get stopped at the door by Seth Rollins. The Seth Rollins that's been on Twitter talking about uh, how competition is the minor league, talking about how... uh, the he and the people that he work with are the best wrestlers in the world. That's Seth Rollins. He, that Seth Rollins, is the one that should be talking. I want to see Seth Rollins talk about NXT the way he talks about AEW. I want to see Seth Rollins come out and stop Tommaso Ciampa from walking in and saying, yeah, you know that NXT title that you held? I held it too. So bye-bye, Tommaso Ciampa. Come past me, you know? That's what I want to see on Raw. I want to see NXT conquer SmackDown. I want to see them not be able to conquer Raw, but we keep tuning in because we don't know what tricks NXT is going to pull out of their sleeves, you know? I want to see somebody jump out of the crowd. All of it. All of it. But I think Raw needs to come out on top this time because it doesn't make sense for NXT to be able to destroy the entire Raw roster if the entire Raw roster is actually there. Um, I also wonder how NXT is going to handle this when War Games is the night before Survivor Series. So at a peak time when they want their team to be unified, there's a civil war going on in NXT. The same time that there is brand warfare happening at Survivor Series, NXT is at war with itself with potentially two War Games matches happening on one show the night before NXT has to band together to try to prove brand supremacy. I don't see it ending well for NXT. Doesn't make sense that it would. However, I think we're going to see a ton of amazing wrestling. They haven't announced yet uh, what's going to be happening on Raw this week. Um, 
I think they're probably figuring it out, but that's what I want to see. You know, they're uh, they're doing more uh, uh, with Rusev and Lana. I think that that's obvious because already on the WWE's Instagram, they're posting things like, do you think Rusev cheated on Lana, blah, blah, blah. Can we bring up the fact that Rusev said that he was the father of Maria's child, or are we done with the Canales twins? Rusev said he was Maria Canales' baby daddy, and then he beat up Mike Canales. The same thing that's happening to Rusev, Rusev did to somebody like three weeks before it started happening to him. Did it happen in the Upside Down? Is that just not something we're acknowledging? You know, I mean, yes, apparently Rusev did cheat on Lana. He fathered a child by Maria Canellis. That was never really explained. Or, you know, I, I think at some point they said, oh, Rusev didn't really do it. But nobody, Rusev never said he didn't do it. Why wouldn't Lana think that Rusev had cheated on her if he announced that he had fathered a child by Maria Canellis right before he beat up Mike? You know, that has never been addressed. Never. Hopefully it will be addressed tonight on Monday Night Raw. I'll be watching. Uh, I'm sure you will be too. Let's get to some questions. I always promise you. First, we'll start with the questions on Patreon. Joey says, hey, Sam. Uh, by the way, if you want to join Patreon, patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. Become a Not Sam shell. It's less than a dollar a week uh, for the uh, introductory level tier, the money marks. Uh, Joey says, hey, Sam, when it's all said and done, do we have uh, the Saudis to thank for the NXT invasion of SmackDown on Fox? P.S. The Thursday show should be called The Kickout. That guy a couple of weeks ago is right. No, the Thursday show is called Thursday, Not Sam Thursday. And no, the only people to quote-unquote blame for the NXT takeover of SmackDown is WWE, is Triple H, and is Vince McMahon. The minute anything goes bad, everybody starts throwing names around. Well, Triple H this. Well, Bruce Pritchard that. Well, Vince McMahon this. Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, and Triple H are the ones that deserve every bit of credit for putting together an amazing SmackDown show on a night where things were not going according to plan, period. Brendan says, Sam, what did you think of the commentary team? Tom Phillips, Renee Young, and Pat McAfee. Personally, I really enjoy it and would love to see more of it in the future. Brendan, you're on my Patreon. You're, a support, you're one of the biggest supporters of Not Sam Wrestling. You're a Not Sam shill. The last thing that I need is you taking three of my friends and saying, I want to see more of those guys. I'm right here, it hurts my feelings. Let's go in to the email box. It's notsamwrestling at gmail.com. I'm going to answer a whole bunch of these on the Thursday Not Sam Thursday show. So if you want to send in questions throughout the week, notsamwrestling at gmail.com, and we will address them on Thursday Not Sam Thursday. Uh, let's just get to a couple. Um, Sam, I'm, this is from Dan. Sam, I'm not worried about Kofi losing matches because I'm pretty certain he's going to win the Royal Rumble and to get a second chance against Lesnar at WrestleMania where he overcomes the odds. I've noticed a pattern over the years where Royal Rumble winners seem to go on early to mid-fall losing streaks. I first noticed it when Orton won the Rumble a few years back, and I believe it's happening again. Just some food for thought. Thanks for everything you do. For someone who doesn't have time to watch all the wrestling that is available, podcasts like yours really help me stay up to speed. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Uh, my pleasure, Dan. Uh, again, I really think Kofi is and should be turning uh, heel ski. So I don't see him winning the Royal Rumble. Although I do think that it would be interesting uh, if it looked like he was going to win the Royal Rumble and then he lost the Royal Rumble and then he turned heel in January after losing the Royal Rumble. Uh, two questions from Eric. Do you think the Lana Rusev Lashley story is good, bad, or so bad it's good? I'd say the latter. I'd say so bad it's good. I'm really entertained by it. Uh, I love that stuff. Um, I think if they went all the way, it would be awesome. You know, if they if they really, really, really committed to it. But I like stuff like that. You know, I tell you, something noteworthy needs to be happening in every segment. And say what you want about the Lana Rusev Lashley storyline. It's noteworthy and people talk about it. That's it. Same with Shorty G. It's He's noteworthy and people talk about it. Good. Number two, uh, what do you think of an idea at Survivor Series where one of the SmackDown teams has a mystery partner and CM Punk's music hits and out comes a figure hooded with their back turned and when they turn around, it's Corbin. I mean, here's the thing about that. 
I love the move for Corbin. I hate the move for SmackDown. The thing about brand warfare is you can't make any brand look like a heel, right? Because you can't have people be like, oh, that's the that's the bad guy brand. And if Baron Corbin did that, then people would boo the entire SmackDown team. And odds are you're not just going to have the heels representing SmackDown. You know, you'll have a mixture. So that would be my only hiccup uh, in your plan. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, this is from Todd. I'm a big fan and listen every week from Sydney. Uh, not exactly a current product question, but what do you see the WWE doing with Matt and Jeff Hardy in the short-term future? Uh, obviously, Jeff is still injured and has had his demons, but I still think uh, he'd be a massive draw for Raw or SmackDown. Look, I agree with you. You know, I think that uh, Jeff Hardy will always be uh, a big, big draw, and Jeff Hardy is one of those guys who's really gracefully uh, aged in to his moveset. You know, this is a guy who, like Rey Mysterio, um, did this batch of moves that people said you can't do that anymore because if you keep doing it, you're you're not going to be able to wrestle very much longer. And Jeff Hardy proved him wrong, and he's still wrestling, and I think that there's still a tremendous audience for Jeff Hardy. I think there's still a tremendous audience for the Hardy Boys. Um, I think the thing about the Hardy Boys right now is that uh, they end up being really good in small doses. First of all, I think Matt Hardy should be doing monthly network specials from the House Hardy compound. I think Matt Hardy's uh, thing he's been doing on social media and on uh, watch-alongs where he's, uh, you know, drifting in and out of each of his characters is brilliant. I think Matt Hardy is a is a brilliant... So Jeff Hardy is brilliant in the ring and Matt Hardy is brilliant creatively. So that's one of the reasons why I think the Hardy Boys are just such an iconic tag team. But I really think that uh, Matt Hardy should be used more creatively. Um, you know, I think Jeff Hardy is always going to be good. When you just say, okay, we got a Jeff Hardy match, I don't think once he's back and healthy, don't use him every single week. Don't make him a week-to-week superstar. Have him come out for a story. Have him go away. Have him come out for another story. Have him go away. And in the meantime, I think Matt Hardy should be doing more. I think he should be doing network specials. I think he should be doing stuff... Uh, backstage, you know, even if it's like, uh, you know, I think he could lead uh, a pretty cool faction. I think the Woken Warriors could be a pretty interesting faction. You know, I think it could be like a a hilarious good guy take on the Dungeon of Doom for 2019. And I trust Matt Hardy to be able to pull something like that off. That's what I would do with Matt Hardy is I'd probably have him do network specials and then have him lead a faction called the Woken Warriors. But I'm just me, the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts, this has been Not Sam Wrestling. Make sure you're tuned in this Thursday to Thursday, Not Sam Thursday. We'll see you again. Uh, Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.